I am Laura McCallan. And I am Holly Whitaker. And this is Home Podcast. And so we would begin. Evil. You call me evil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm aggro? I am too. It's really funny because I am too, but I didn't want to take that away. It's actually what I wanted to talk about in our intro, but I didn't want to take it away from you because I wanted to let you have all of your evilness. The anger. And not say, oh, yeah. <laughs> Me um, too. Hmm, yeah. I've got that too. Um, you're I know. tired. You're tired. You're stretched. You're moving. You're. Yeah. I'm, I'm all those things and. I, I really fight feeling like this, you know, like I do, I do everything I can. So I don't do this to myself and I've gotten so much better at that. Like so much better at not, at not, I I can handle more, but also I take better care of myself, you know? Yeah. So when I, so when I get like this, I get pissed off at yourself or at life or what? Uh, I think it, at my – I don't know if it's at myself. It's just – I just don't like it. <laughs> I, don't like yeah. the, I don't like hitting a limit. That's what it is. I don't like like seeing my capacity and having it not be enough to, mm. to, to you know, and, it, and it's uh, – there's – there's a lot of thing. There's a lot of things happening. I mean, and they're all amazing, wonderful things. It's not the kind of stress where you know, like, um, so much. Like, there's all the things that are happening in, in my life are beautiful and big and good. What are they? Moving, moving, and I'm so excited about it. I mean, it, we talked about this on the last couple shows. Like, I'm thrilled to be going where I'm going. But moving is stressful, right? It just is. It's like all my stuff is in boxes. I'm disorganized. I'm trying to, you know, I still have Alma and all the do like the daily routines of everything. So she's got to have meals and get ready for school, and her clothes are all over. And yeah, you, you can't know. like just or, make her walk around in her underwear all day. I get it. Or or tell her <laughs> tell her to just figure it out. You yeah. know, there's all that. And then um, but she's getting and, close enough to the age where you get to do that. Which will be exciting. I know. I do it a lot more than I, I mean. Then I'm able to a little bit more. <laughs> Figure it out, you. I don't know. I'm not doing it. Um, well, yeah. I did that with her homework. She's she didn't have her homework done. I mean, it's a battle every night, every you know day to get her to do her homework. Just like most kids. I mean, I'm sure there's kids that don't mind, but it's not I mine. Know, there are. There were. I, I know. Those kids. I was never. I never no. I had to I, be like strapped down to do my homework. <laughs> yeah, and she does too. And sometimes I don't have the the like this week. I don't have the will to strap her down. Yeah. So, but we've been doing it. But last night she wouldn't do it, and I, you know, and I didn't have it in me to, to strap her down. So I said, "You're gonna have to do it in the morning." And of course, this morning there's like zero interest in 
doing homework and she had to suffer the consequences of going into school without it done. And that, well, you know, and good. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> good. Yeah. Suffer. <laughs> no, but and I do think I- that that's a very like, that's a different consequence. And I think that that's, um, I think that that's her consequence to, you know, to own, you know, like I remember that I was her age oh, when yeah. I had to, you know, face that music. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, that's one of, you know, the, the death of a thousand tiny cuts. Yes. Yeah. Right. 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 That's like the smallest part. That's like, you know, on top of the book and you're sending your book off to your agent and you're in the middle of. Right. I'm sending a big part of my book off to her and that's, you know, obviously big and, um, it's not where I want it to be, um, yet. And, uh, you know, and we're going to talk about that today, but like, it's one of my lessons. Just, I won't even say it yet, but just, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm squeezed. And, um, then, I, you know, I move, I move on Sunday and Monday, Monday is the big moving day. The moving trucks come. And then on Wednesday, I leave for a week. I'm coming to see you. And oh my God, that's right. Other and city. you're going to have a, um, you're going to have a workshop in San Francisco, right? Yes. I'm going to have one on Saturday in Portland. That one sold out. And then Sunday in San Francisco. And that, that love story. Uh, that love it's, story. That one's not sold out because it's so massive there. And am I doing the, um, am I going to do a meditation in it? I, are you? I well, I want so. to, but we haven't talked about it. And I, I, but I, yeah, I, I really want to. Okay. Yeah. That will be extra special surprise. So yeah, if you don't, if you are kind of interested in hanging out with me, but you're super interested in hanging out with Holly, (laughs) (laughs) she'll be there too. And And leading you'll only be there as Holly, the teacher for like the part of your meditation and the other part you're there as Holly, the normal person student. (laughs) Is this like a workshop where you make people cry? Uh, I mean, not on purpose, but people have cried. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a heavier one. Okay. Heavier and then light. It's the bigger yes workshop. So it's, it's, I love it. And I mean, that's the other thing that's going on. I'm teaching my program, you know, the, the bigger yes program, the online one for the first time. And we're in the middle of it right now. We're in week three of five and it's, it's the best. It's like this group is incredible and I'm having so much fun doing it. And I'm, you know, but it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a beautiful, again, like a lot of amazing work. It's watching people do this, this incredible things, but it's still, you know, it's just another thing. So it's just, it's like a couple of months ago, I remember looking once, well, actually once I knew I was going to be moving, I remember looking at down the barrel of the next, you know, the next couple of months and going, Oh yeah, that might squeeze a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. I'm at the squeeze right now. And you know what? I was texting one of our friends this morning because um, she's Which also one? moving. Mel. Okay. And she's moving, I think, today. I don't know why she would be moving today. In Austin? But she said it's or, yeah. Austin. Okay. Yeah. And she said it's raining. She's like, it's raining on moving day. Yay. And I was like, that oh, sucks. God, sorry. And I was like, I am foul today. I'm in a foul mood. And she's like, just let the foul wash over you. I'm like, oh, right. I'm just yeah, like, don't please. resist it. Don't resist it. No, resisting it makes it worse. It's got a process. And I'm PMSing. I realize so that's like, you know, that 
that kind of takes me off the hook. It always takes me off the hook a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, to me, whenever I'm PMSing, it's always like, oh, right. Like, of course I feel this yeah. way. Ever since, like, Rebecca Campbell, like, you know, who is, like, love and light, talked about her husband's, like, chewing or breathing, making her, you know, like, <laughs> homicidal. <What>? I felt <laughs> right. like, oh, I totally get that. Um oh, I about that. It, yeah. Remember it, she was, like really- – she said that, like, he was, like, like I can't remember if it was chewing or breathing, and she's, like, she wants to kill him. She's, like, can you stop breathing like that? And I'm just, like, hearing her say that because she's so – she's so lovely. Right. I'm just, like – Light she's is like, the new black. Yeah. Um, no, but I walked in. I walked into Pete's this morning, and I go there every morning. I go in, and I get my matcha latte, and, like – this um this guy oh god every time I see him I'm just like no because I you know it's I don't I haven't set up shop in my kitchen at all I have I have nothing I have like I yeah. actually have been collecting like um plastic uh, knives and spoons utensils. and yes thank you utensils <laughs> um and I have two plates because two of them broke and moved um I had four to start and I have two left and I have mugs. <laughs> And I have nothing else. I don't have – I don't – I literally don't have a knife. I don't – anyway. And and so anyway, I I went down and like every morning he just like – he is so aggressive with his like um with his with his exchange Niceness? with me and oh and his invasiveness <laughs> it's like he doesn't realize that people wake up and walk into coffee shops it's like he miss <laughs> he doesn't understand that and so i walk in and i live above it like it's in my building and so i walk out my front door and then i walk into the pete's which is next door and i have a really beautiful sweater that i love and i usually wear that and um, but he's always like he always is explaining to me that he's been up since three and that like he's you know and that he hasn't had any coffee yet like he's winning some fucking prize. It's just too many words. It's, it's so much. It's, and it, it's just like just pretend I'm not here like the rest of the people. Just fucking like take my money and leave me the fuck alone. But this morning he goes. I walk in and there's all these people in there because it's it's six and he goes. Oh, you're not wearing your robe this morning. And I said, oh. and I, I just looked at him and I was like, I said, it's a sweater. It's not a robe. And then he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and then he looks around and like, then he says, I guess it's like when you tell a woman, like, I like your dress. And she's like, it's a skirt. And I just was like, what's happening here? Stop. What's happening here? Stop. No, I know. And then I had to remind myself, like, but I really, like, it makes me, it makes me so upset. I feel like writing a letter to them and just saying, hey, guys, when I come in. In the mornings, just don't make eye contact. Just don't. Like I'm evil. I'm evil in the like the first part of the morning is oh, the worst you. part for me. And I, I can't like when I was living with my mom. Like oh, she wanted to talk to me. She would she'd come in the living room oh, and sit next to me. And she'd you. have the paper and she'd touch me. And um, oh god. And I would just I'd be sitting there and just like I'm like I just need a half an hour. I need you. And she would just be sitting there and it was like she was like shaking just like like a little puppy dog just waiting to like waiting. tell me like you know stuff yeah but oh I, just, I know I I mean that's why I get up so many hours before I have to see anybody because yeah. I can't <laughs> but she would get up when I got up she'd be like you're up oh. <laughs> my mom's the same and she's like when she you know it's like two speeds when she's up she's on and on at full capacity yeah you know, it's like same. 
just slam into the day, ready to talk about everything, ready to do all the things, ready to I don't understand those clack, people. Clack, clack around with their heels on. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I don't understand those people. Um, no. Anyway. So it's that guy at Pete's is like, it's the same to me as when people talk after a massage. Like, uh. You know, after you get a massage, there should be, there should be a rule that there, there's no verbal, like it's just a silent transaction. That happens to you. That doesn't happen to me. And I think it's because I also put up my do not fucking talk to me. I'm getting a massage, you know, boundary when I walk into that place. Like I don't talk to my masseuse. Like I never do. And I usually will say, I don't want to talk. Um, yeah. They start talking. Um, But that happens to you a lot. I think it's because I go to places like Massage Envy and oh yeah, and uh, and whatever elements like those places where they are like required to try to upsell you on something before you leave. Oh no, yeah, no, uh-uh. yeah. But, but I, I should, I should just, I should like this is a good practice in, I, in boundaries. I, say, I don't no. want to talk. Please don't talk to me right now. Like I'm, I, this is my time. Um, I'm, I'm really clear on that. I don't, you know, I, I, I'm really kind, um, but I also absolutely am not going to fucking talk to you when I'm getting a massage. <laughs> it's so funny. No, it's not. God. Anyway, but I do think, but with this, there's not, you know, there's a way, there's, there's a way to set up a boundary. Like, I mean, the only boundary I can set up with this guy is just, you know, staring at him with evil eyes and sending him the laser eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, every time I see him in the room, I'm like, no, no, it's not you. No. <laughs> ah! All right. Um, cool. Shall we? What are we doing? We shall. We shall. Well, we decided we wanted to do. Well, we were going to talk about um, sex. sex. <laughs> why Why did we decide that? Because a I couple don't... of episodes ago when we were doing our 100th episode, you said, oh, let's talk about sex again. And then I said, are you kidding? Like we're not talking about sex because I'm not having sex. And then right. I had sex. Then and you... I was like, oh, let's, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about sex. I feel like a 15-year-old. Now I've had it. Let's talk about it. Right. Um, All the time. <laughs> the one time in 2017. Um. Yeah, we were going to talk about that, but um, no, let's not. I don't want to. I don't have enough to say, nor do I. Well, I kind of wanted to talk about relationship stuff just because that's like the – it's the hardest thing for me, right? Like it's just the hardest thing. And um, Is it part of what you're going to – what we're going to – are you – is there stuff in there in what we decided we were going to talk about? No, mm-hmm. I mean, I had like, I do, no, it's not. We were talking, we're t- our, our show is called, you know, Four Things We Know For Sure. Um, <laughs> so no, I'm not going to be talking about relationship stuff <laughs> because maybe that's the antithesis. I thought maybe, of I thought maybe I- one of them was like, <laughs> it's the hardest thing. I know that for sure. I know that for sure. Um, it's my hardest <laughs> thing. I don't think it's the hardest thing for everybody. It's definitely my hardest thing. Um, some people yeah. do not struggle in the way that I do with it. Um, but I did I did want to talk about this one thing that happened, and I think this is worth yeah. sharing. I so You too. A couple of weeks ago, so I, I did, I slept with somebody right when I moved back. Um, I don't need to explain it. It's, you know, pretty obvious. It's the one fucking person I sleep with in San Francisco who's like the bane <laughs> of my existence. Um, and immediately after I slept with this person, I just went into this place where I just can't sleep with them. Like, I am not the kind of person that can just fuck. Like, I, I am oh. actually very, uh, 
I get attached. I'm, I, and I acknowledge that that is my nature and that that's a beautiful part of me. There's nothing wrong with me for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And immediately I just said, hey, can't do this. Like, I cannot – I can't do um, – I can't just have sex with you and I I don't want to be in a relationship with you, but I also can't just have sex with you. And, um, and we handled it extremely maturely (laughs) and, um, and that was that. And so after this, I, some, this, I, there's this, you know, attractive guy that is a friend of a friend that follows me on Instagram and I just checked him out and thought he was good looking and, it appears he's sober and I don't know. I sent him a message and I am. And I don't do this. But I just said, hey, if you're ever in San Francisco, we should hang out. And then I, and then I followed it up with some sort of, some sort of um, disclaimer about being, you know, like about stalking him or something. And, <laughs> and then he responded kindly and – the thing is, I and then I went into that kindly, place. but what he said, he responded twice, and it showed, and it showed interest, but not interest. It wasn't right. It was, it was. Uh, he was not saying, "Oh my god, I'm on my, on my next plane down there." Uh, he appreciated it, but he didn't. He wasn't like completely no. biting the hook or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Was, I know he's. We're not. We're 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 not dating. <laughs> Fast forward, guys. <laughs> We're not dating. No, I mean it was it was a pleasant exchange back, and so Azita, my therapist, and I, I, I send it to her, and I just say, oh, and and the part that follows that, here's what follows it. And that's the more interesting part. That's what I'm actually interested in talking about. Is I is this backlash at myself for being vulnerable, for being so stupid, for for doing this thing. Right, and I, you said that to me. I said it to you. I said it to Megan, and 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 I feel on some level, and my responses from both of you guys, and I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but I feel like the validation was uh, that I shouldn't have said the. For me, the hardest part was the disclaimer. I'm you know about being a stalkery person on on Instagram or whatever, and mm-hmm. I felt there was some sort of nod from both of you. That uh, that it should have that I shouldn't have put the disclaimer in there, and so it was just this like spiral of. But I'm, just, I'm not. No, 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 I know. I'm saying for me, this is what I'm walking away with. I'm walking away with that. I'm feeling bad for doing it, and then I'm feeling even worse for putting a disclaimer on it. And it's a small thing, but this is this is meta. This is big. This is like everything. How I deal with this, like one small thing, is how I deal with so many different things uh, when it comes to men. Mm-hmm. And so I walk around with that. I send it to Azita. Azita is just fucking brilliant when it comes to this stuff. Says something. And then we get on a, a session and I said, I just feel dumb. I feel like I shouldn't have done it. I feel stupid for doing it. And I feel even more hateful towards myself for, for, dis- for, for throwing the disclaimer on it about not being – a stalker or something. I just said, why did I – like, that's not a powerful thing to say. That's a really – that's a really – I don't know. It just felt not in alignment. And we had this great conversation where I had this huge realization that there was nothing – that there was nothing actually wrong with what the – there's like the – there's the one part of me that is 
that actually is this way with men, which is uh, believes in fairy tales and believes in in love and believes in the story, the love story, and and also mm-hmm. that once that is that is cute and will send some fucking stranger a message like that. And that's the part of me that is okay. And that's the part of me I for so long have been thinking of something, there's something wrong with her. And I've been trying right. to keep her in check. And I'm holding up my fist like to show her <laughs> this part of me. And we went to focus on, and Zita points out that that's the, that part's okay. That like she's mm. actually perfect and lovely. And we love that part. And that's true. I've always been that way. I am... Um, I'm a lover and I always, I've always been, I guess in some sort, like I've always been that way, mm-hmm. but the part of me, I think most people are, I think most people are, are that way. I think that's like our nature. Don't you? I do think it's our nature to be, well, I think there's, for me, I've always been, I, I've always been in love with the fantasy and I've always, I, I've made a lot of moves, right? Like I've, I've, yeah. I've put myself out there big time, many times. Did you always hate that part? Uh, when it got rejected, sure. I hated – when I yeah. was in the third grade, I, I started having boyfriends really young. And mm-hmm. I – and that part of me was the reason I started having boyfriends really young. Yeah. I okay. was a boy crazy in the kindergarten. And and Gabriel – I had a boyfriend when I was in kindergarten. My neighbor Gabriel Mraz <laughs> and I – Used to make out yeah. in his boat. I was, I was, I started young, and I, I've always been in love with love. And I, I think um, that part really served me well in in being. It served me well in this, like in the in the having the experiences. Right. Um, it, it also really bit me in the ass from it got rejected from being so vulnerable. It really got right. so so bruised from putting myself out there and being teased for it or being rejected by my ob- the object of my affection and and so i uh, and i haven't you know i i mean it's been a long time so i don't i i guess i don't really let that part lead that part of me you know when Justin and i first started going out i went to my therapist and and she said she, I was just over the moon for him. I was so at the, like when we first met, I just was, I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like Louis Armstrong was playing everywhere. I would, I'm not kidding. It was this weird thing. I would walk into coffee shops and I'd see him and like the, you know, and Louis Armstrong would come on and like birds, you know, little bluebirds would circle us. And that was how I felt about him. And that part, Mm -hmm. he beat that fucking part up so much. He made yeah. fun of her and hated her and be- he kicked the shit out of her. And so yeah. did I. And I really bound, gagged, you know, gagged, bound. I can't remember which one comes first. Tied, threw in a closet. That part of me that acts that way, that allows herself to get carried away in the fairy tale. I really fucking did. Well, because don't you think it's because it's not it's because it gets rejected, but then there's also this like at least this is how it is for me, and I think for you too, like it's this confusion with that's like um, anti-feminine or anti-feminist, or it's or like it's weak, or it's it's weakness that you're supposed to. Yeah, it's it's like your your femininity is confused with weakness, or you're like. 
um, I don't even know what you would call that, like this, the romantic in you, you well, know, absolutely. as an, ar- as an archetype. When, when Melissa Fibosin, when we had that interview and, and she's, her, her relationship with Peter is one where she rejects him completely. And my relationship right. with him is one where he rejects me completely and right. she has this she has what i like unpeel from that is that she has this ability to detach and move on very quickly and i'm always the one that's standing there you know just three and a half years later go making the same mistake and i i really do count that as and that like that just that kind of um that love, like, that vulnerability, yeah. and like that ability to like I, I, whatever it is, I count that as major weakness. I want to be the kind of person that can cut and like sever, cut, walk away. Um, right. And and I do count that part of me as being a representative of my overall weakness and inability, and yeah. and, and at like a major weakness. But there yeah, was I, that was a period of time where that was the last time that I really felt that way, like where I really allowed that part. You know, I mean, it wasn't the last relationship that I had. It wasn't the last time that I I was you know I was super crazy about Francesco. But I was also if like you remember when Francesco and I started going out, I I would reject him the second he you know like I was so fucked up in that. But anyway, the point is. And this conversation, and I'm sitting there thinking that was so bad of me. like all of that, all like that whole situation, the whole vulnerability thing. Like, oh, I thing. let her out. I and let her she do it. Embarrassed me. And she embarrassed yeah. me. And then Azita points out that there's nothing wrong with that part of me. The part that there is something wrong with is, or that that needs the most love, is the part that won't let that part of me be. And mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought of that. And she just said, like, like this is the part. This is the part of you that's going to find your partner. Like that's the part of you that's yeah. go, that like want, that wants to find him. And she's doing great. She's actually doing nothing wrong. The part that is the part that needs the more love is the part that is you know is keeps tying her up and, and be like beating her up and tying her up and not letting her do her thing. And yeah. I hadn't had like that's the part of me that needs love. Like she needs to just like. She needs to be, you know, I guess cared for and told it's going to be okay if if, if it's going to be okay if if we're vulnerable and if we're yeah, if we're- and that that's like that 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 desire and that that the way she is is a beautiful thing. And I this is my I mean it's same lesson for me too. Like not exactly, but I it's it's a that part of you is a beautiful thing. You know, it's like, it's beautiful. And it's, and I, I didn't see it that way either, you know, at all. Yeah. It's like, ugh, I could, and the reason, yeah, I asked you if you always rejected that part. Cause I, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have boyfriends. I always hardcore rejected that part. Like shut, Mm. shut that down before, before it could ever even get started. So, so you have this, so she, so she, you guys have this session and then did it kind of unlock immediately? Well, it just has given me, I'm just not going, I think for me, it didn't unlock immediately. I mean, there's not, that, that's not a real, that's not a thing. Um, right. But, but what, a big, you felt really good afterwards, like, because you had, it was a new piece, it was like a new little piece of information of the puzzle. It's so mind blowing. And I, I think mm-hmm. what it allowed me to, to like, just, it, what it, it's given me is this ability now to, to be chill with that part of me that once to be in love and to yeah. to let her do her thing and to not apologize for her or 
be embarrassed yeah. by her or or whatever. And and I don't know. I mean, it just I I ran into Luca a couple weeks ago. Luca, the one that left me in Italy. And, yep. uh, or that I left in, at a dinner table in Italy because he showed up <laughs> for her time together with a, uh, having gotten back together with his girlfriend. I ran into him at a coffee shop a couple weeks ago. Or was it last? It doesn't even matter. Well, like maybe a week ago. And, um, my initial reaction, I like, was literally, he tried to hug me and I was on the phone and I turned and walked away from him. I was just like, what the, like, no. Um, and then, and then I just started thinking, oh, it'd be nice to like see Luca and, you know, potentially make out with him. And, um, and not because I want to get back together with him, but just because that feels like something I want to do. And so, which is not the, same as you know like searching hopelessly for love in, in past relationships like I'm not, but it was this moment of, of feeling I guess like this is what I want and so I just did it I I had deleted his number from everything and um, mm-hmm. I had to search through my computer historic whatever I found is it took me like I went on to att.com and then I couldn't find it there and then I went whatever found his number and just sent him a text <laughs> and was like Hey, you know, I'd love to hang out and um, grab coffee or lunch or something. And then, and, and for me, and then he responded back too far later, like way too, too much later. Like it was like, <laughs> it was Saturday or Sunday and then he didn't respond until Wednesday. Whatever, and he's like, a few days. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, sorry, I'm on my way to New York. I'm so busy. I'm busy getting ready for New York, like for a week. <laughs> and it takes me like five minutes. It's like to when get someone ready. over explains, like, stop. <laughs> You didn't. No, you, it didn't. That's not how it happened. But um, <laughs> but I just I I didn't feel bad in that in those moments. I didn't like, normally. My reaction is delete his number, block him from yeah. your phone. Don't Do get don't let him in. <laughs> like it's so oh, militant. No, you open the door. I'm gonna. Oh, you stupid idiot! Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I just let him be in the phone. I let the I let the text hang out there, and I didn't delete it so that I you know I didn't delete it so like like you remember like deleting all the text messages the night before so you wouldn't have to read them in the morning, like you pretend it didn't happen. Um, I that is that is the best directive, by the way. Let him be in the phone. (laughs) I let him be in the phone. I let him be in the phone. I didn't let it hang out there like some sign of my weakness. And um, mm-hmm. and then when he texted back, I, and I and this is true, he's like, "Let's do lunch tomorrow." And I just was like, not into it at that point. I was like, um, "I live here now." Like he thought I was just visiting. I was like, "I live here now, and you're we can catch up when you get back from New York. Have fun." But um, <laughs> but it wasn't this yeah. reactive place of I'll show him, you know, or like now I have an opportunity. Now I have to, to like- win, you know, and like. It was just this, like, letting it be, right? There's a difference between that part of me that wants to bound up that other part of me. She also wants to win. You know, she's the same yeah. one that wants nothing to do with Francesco, but, like, when, you know, but, like, when – Right, but, like, when I – but wants to win – wants to be the one that says, ew, no, you know, not wants to be the one that – you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, Catherine and I were sitting uh, on my yeah. bed. Do I know what you mean? Yes. I have to – I have to win every single thing. Yeah. <laughs> in Even relationships. At, like, spe- especially if I don't want you. I mean, I, I still have to win. It's like yeah. half of my, my you know, the, the whole upset of my ex dating someone. I right. There was some real stuff there, but it was totally like, 
I, I just, I, I didn't win. And, and then I like, it's such a, it's such a bizarro <laughs> part, but it's real. It's real because we think that that's like where our worth is. Like we, Catherine and I were sitting on a bed and when we were traveling this summer and I, I set my Tinder to, to Rome and for, like before I got there and, and Francesco comes up and he's with the girl that I saw him on the street with and they're inviting people for a threesome and I screen capture it. And I just, I, I, you know, I, 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 oh, I, I obviously it. swipe left, but <laughs> I, I, which is by the way, denial in case you don't use Tinder. I don't, I'm not, I do not say, Ooh, I want to be in a threesome, but, um, but I, she's sitting there looking at a picture of him and she's like, Oh my God, Holly. And I just, she's like, you're so much, you do so much better than this. And I said, I know that's not the point. The point is winning. (laughs) Don't you get it? Like, I just want him to ask me. I want him to want me so I can tell him I don't want him. Like, that's all. I want him to invite me to threesome (laughs) so I can tell him how disgusting he is. Oh God! Uh, he rejected me, you know, like that kind of that thing. But um, yeah. but no, I let Luca be in the phone, and I thought that that was a really big shift. And and I had and I haven't yeah. thought about it. Like I did, I forgot. Like when he texted me, Megan and I were sitting there, and I I, I wasn't even like I was just like whatever. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a, like I didn't wait for the, like some amount of time before I texted him back. You know, like I can't text back when I'm busy, but I wasn't busy, and I just texted him back right away. I didn't try and do any of that shit. And I was just like, no. So I anyway, know, and it's one of those things that you hear talks like this, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna not care. I'm gonna <laughs> not, you know. I'm gonna, uh. I'm going to leave him in my phone. And then that becomes the thing, leaving it in your phone. You know, it's like when you finally get to the part where you, and and it just takes doing it so much that like the futility of it, it was like drinking, like this just isn't ever going to get me what I want. Well, this is, yeah, sorry. No. And like, like you said, shifting where you actually start to know your worth. It's such a, like, it's such a messy, difficult (laughs) endless process. Well, I think that I like the drinking metaphor because for me, it took me three tries to stop drinking. And for some people, it takes them 50, 100, you know, and with relationships, this is my, this is my, this is my long haul. This is the thing that I have had to, I've fallen on my face so many times in my attempt to, it's, it's going to be, it has a much longer tail. Um, but that doesn't yeah. mean I'm giving up on it, on the ability, on on the on the belief that that I can be in a healthy relationship, and that I can I can be all of the things that I am in a healthy relationship, and that I will heal the parts of me that are so severely wounded. Uh, yeah. But it's a long tail for me, and I'm not embarrassed of that. I'm really proud of that. I I I am really sick. I'm really sick of it. Like it's a lot. I mean, it's just so, I can't even, I was explaining to Megan and I know I say this, I feel like I've said this on every episode, but there is, a, but, six, but I, it's been well, six it sort years of reiterates the point. Since, yeah. it's been six years since I, since I have had somebody in my bed, since I've woken up with somebody on the weekend and I just was like explaining to her the other day, like, I can't even imagine what that's like anymore. Like, I don't even know. Like, yeah. I don't know what it's like to sleep with a man anymore and like wake up in someone's bed. Like, Luca, I, I like, he would ask me to stay over and I wouldn't just because I was in I the know, middle of I sobriety. Yeah. 
I like would leave at like 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. Um, because I just felt so uncomfortable waking up. But I just haven't had that thing where like it's a normal thing to wake up in the morning with a man in my bed. And I said, yeah. that's a crazy thing. It's a really weird thing. But also like it's my thing. Um, so yeah. I love it. And yeah. Mm. I'm, no, I'm glad you talked about that. I can feel like a lot of people out there going – Oh my God. <sighs> me too. <laughs> Thousand me too's lighting up. Uh, all right. So shall we get into the meat of the show? Yeah. So we're going to do four things we each know for sure right now. Do you remember that you, Oprah used to do this in her magazine? What I know for sure. Well, we had it an episode like about it. Remember oh, Oprah yeah. was on the cover of it. We put Oprah on the cover <laughs> yeah. of episode five. <laughs> That's right. You remember the number? It was either episode five or episode eight. Wow. Yeah, of course I remember. Um, I was most proud of that episode cover. It was so good. I mean, you're really good. Laura does the episode art. When you did that John Travolta one in this – oh, my God. That was so good. It was one of my favorites. Oh. The summer bottom, yeah. When you put, the, when you put the, the, like, pukey emojis on our last episode cover, I, like, I couldn't stop laughing at that. <laughs> to be fair, you, you, you uh, half the time you just totally love them. One quarter of the time, no, no, well, no, maybe, like, no, maybe one eighth of the time, you're uh, like, no. like one tenth, maybe even. Like, I, yeah, there's probably yeah, been five probably times, like three or four, probably That's five true. times in a hundred episodes where I'm like, no, absolutely not. Right. Um, <laughs> there was one that I. Did like some weird anime thing. Um, it was, and, and you're like, no, it's no. gonna be this the Game of Thrones where she's like holding the heart. I was like, yeah, All right, that's right, that's, that's right. And then everyone was like, I wish you hadn't put that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. So and good. then, yeah, but so most of the time, 90 percent of the time, you're you're good, or you're like, maybe try this or whatever. But no, it's fun. It's fun. Um, okay, so these are four things we know for sure. Yeah. You go first. What's, uh, the, what's the first thing you know for sure? And this is based on our current – what we're going through currently. I know a lot right. of things for sure at this point, but <laughs> – I don't. <laughs> I know that I well, don't know. Well, I know a lot of millions of things. <laughs> like millions of things. That doesn't mean – a lot, yes, but that doesn't mean I also, you know, don't know a lot. I don't know shit, but I, I, know. I, I am know certain of okay. certain concepts. <clears throat> so the first one I wrote, and this is completely just – based on where I am with writing my book is that I, I just wrote, it takes what it takes. Is that an AA slogan? Cause I keep on deleting that when I'm writing it recently, I keep on wanting to say it takes what it takes. Where does that come from? No, I don't know. It's not AA. Okay. I mean, not directly. I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't, was just I curious. Think, I was just curious. I don't think it came from AA for me, but it, uh, it takes what it takes. Like time takes time. It takes what it takes. Yeah. I, just the the book is such a humbling process of you know going through it and um it's takes what it takes like it's like same with sobriety with me same for any grief that you go through same for any pain that you have to look like walk through anything anything takes what it takes and no more or no less like I have been in periods where I thought I will I'm going to send this off to her, you know, Friday and be so sure that no matter what, I was going to be able to do it. And then not just know it's not there yet, you know, and, um, 
I mean, I've been writing this thing for years at this point. And it's taken, I was thinking about it the other day, just going through, because I have, you know, several different files open um, at any time, based because I've essentially written like three or four tries at this book until it's, until I got it to the shape that it is now. And mm-hmm. I probably, you know, there's, there's say there's 20,000 words that are working and there's 200,000 that never worked, you know, that I've trashed. Yeah. And I, and it's not like I now at least know like that's just how it is. That's just what it takes. Yeah. Um, at least at least this first time. God, I don't know. Maybe it'll be different later. But I, from what I've heard from other other writers, it doesn't really change too much, you know. So it just takes whatever it takes, and the process is so much more messy than I ever imagined it would be, and so much more full of doubt. And um, but it's it's a uh, yeah, it's like there are deadlines and there are plans and project managing and, you know, routines and discipline. And then there's just whatever it takes. Yeah. Well, I think so. that's such a, it's a, it's such an important thing to remember because that also is like, it kind of is the death of comparison, yes. right? Like yes. it's just, there is no comparison in that. What it takes you is not going to be what it takes someone else is not going to be what it takes someone else. And I think when you just realize like, you know, when people are like, how come it's this way for me, but not for that person? Uh, it's because it takes what it, it takes what it takes. Like it's just that it's, it's just like such is, a simple right? way to look at it. It's it takes like time takes time. Whatever it is, it takes what it takes. It just does, and it's going to take this yeah. of you, and that's that, right? And you can either right. fight it or you can go with it, um, right? And it's yeah, it's like when people say, you know, like how long until I feel better in sobriety? How long until I stop doing this or wishing that or you know, and, and of course we want timelines cause it's fucking sucks sometimes and you're tired of it. And like, you want to, you know, you just, what you were talking about, like, you're like, it's been six years. Like, I know. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so not so, enough. <laughs> well, and, but that's between me and my God. It's not between me, right? Like it's not between me and, um, anyone else. Right. And I think right. that there is like, there is a there's a tendency, especially in all of this stuff, and I know this just so well because of this. You know, like it it does feel sometimes like God has forgotten you, or that yeah. it's like a special, specific punishment just for you. <laughs> that it's this hard, um, <laughs> but it's not. It just is your fucking path. That just is exactly right. what it happens to look like. And knowing knowing all of that uh, like just still doesn't make it any no, easier. It makes it, oh, I hate it. And it doesn't make it one lick easier. It does make it easier, but it doesn't change it. It doesn't change That's right. like the the struggle that you go through while you're in it. Right. I God, it's so true. Like I um what was I thinking about the other day about the the book writing? There was something I, there was some time, I think it was probably when I sent my first proposal to this agent and with the book concept and, and it was good, but it was like, and she was like, it's great, but (laughs) you need to do this. And I was like, God fucking damn it. And, and it was, she was right, you know? And then two months later we're talking and she's seen the work, like starting to see what the work that I had done when I went back and and did what she said. And she's like, yeah, she's like, what you were doing was like, would have been the easier way, but it wasn't the right, it wasn't going to get the thing that you needed to pull out of you. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, there's, 
Still no shortcut. It's never a shortcut <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. Not, not for anything worth having. No, it's true. Yeah, it's true. So what's your first one? Um, my first one is an abundant mind begets uh, abundance. And oh. It's, I know. Um, I was actually writing, um, my school's in session and I was writing an email last night about, um, I mean, this is, there's so many things I can talk about in this, but, but there is, I was, I was talking about how, what happened last year when, and and it was a year ago, it was a year ago. It was last August 26th or 28th that when I was in Rome and that thing fell through, the bottom fell out of the investment that I was seeking. That was a year ago? It was exactly a year. It was August 28th, 2000. Like longer. Of course it does. It feels longer. Mm-hmm. And that where it fell apart, I came back to, I came back to LA. I had my apartment. I, I had given up my apartment. Um, my, I had told everybody I was moving to New York. I ran right. out of money. Uh, I didn't make, I had let Megan go. I had, you know, she was <sighs> working for someone else. And um, I came back to this – like I was supposed to come back from Rome, pack up, move to New York and, and have a lot of money in the bank. And I came back from Rome and I had – I couldn't pay my rent. <laughs> and I didn't have a, even rent an apartment to pay rent for. And my employee was – you know, I was just like um, – Not your employee. <laughs> right. But I was also – I was talking about how when I went into that, do you remember? I mean, I lost it. Of course I lost it. It was terrifying. But I also kept showing up and I also kept believing mm-hmm. that this is not the end of the story and kept believing mm-hmm. in this like abundance, right? And believing that, that, that I, that I could have, uh, I, I never lost sight of what I believed in. And I think it's right. just so important to remember. I'm going through a much different, it's, it's a year later. It's a much different scenario. I've ran four schools since then. I'm in my fourth school since that moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Megan is my full time employee. You know, and we work together. Yeah. in San Francisco. I, I live in San Francisco, right? Not New York. And I'm happy here. And I also am in the middle of, of figuring out a way to scale my, my school. And it's, it's in my, I'm doing it my way. And so I think right. it's, this very interesting thing is um, when we talk about abundance, that it's this, it is this, it's a simple, simple shift in believing that there is, that the world is, that the world is here for you to expand into, that the, that yes. you're here to take up space, that you're here to receive, that you're here to do good things with what you receive. And I'm not talking about abundance as in, as in, you know, wealth uh, or accumulation or hoarding or any of these things. But I am talking about it in a sense that we walk around and we, we when you look around, it looks like limited resources, finite. Um, yeah. it, it looks like yeah. competition. And, and, and for me, I've done – the most work that I've done in the last, like, say, six months – has been on has been about uh, about flipping it and being mindful of how I think about everything. I mean, yeah. everything, mm-hmm. every Me single thing, down to um, just I mean, down to you know, just believing that we'll always have enough and that we're provided for, and that even you know, yeah. even if we lose it all, we're still abundant. And so, I don't say things like "I'm broke," "It's tight," "I don't," "I don't have." Mm-hmm. I'm really careful of that, and. And a really good example of this is I, I raised my prices on my school because I have 13 people helping me do it this time and I want to invest more into it and and also because I was selling it for way too cheap for what I was giving and right. um, and not to make a ton of money, but I wanted to do it so that I could do it better. And um, right. when we when – we, when we, 
opened registration last week. Uh, normally in the time that we sell 30, we sold 10. And I yeah. went to bed that night uh, with uh, my throat choking and this right. like fear because I've already invested in, I've already spent the money that, the, right. Right, right. Like, and, um, <laughs> and so I went to bed and I just was like, I couldn't look at my phone. I couldn't look at our sales, but I also went to bed and I just continued to like repeat my mantras and have this ridiculous faith um, that, that I'd been supported to this point and I would continue to be supported. Right. And I think that it's so, it was just this moment of realizing it's so easy to tell ourselves the other story. It's so, so easy. easy. And so natural. Yeah. Right. To go into, this isn't going to work. It's all going to be, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to, it's going to implode, you know, and blah, 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 blah. But I, but also it's a practice to not go into that Total story, practice. to not use mm-hmm. the things that like, that to not use as evidence that, you know, like that to not look for the evidence that you're not supported and to use any sort of tip off that you might, you know, lose something or you might not be to not use like to actually flip it and use that as with this like almost like just this unyielding belief in 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 the world supporting you, the universe supporting you. And 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 so for me, it was this I didn't let go of it. It doesn't mean I wasn't scared. It doesn't mean I didn't have this like this fuck, 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 fuck moment. But I also didn't let go of my belief. Um, and yeah. that is a practice. And a lot of people will – you po- you know, there's that – you posted something kind of like this last night and there is a belief if you fight for your limitations, right? You, you do get to keep your limitations if you fight for them. But if you fight for this belief that you're supported um, yep. in all things – then you're supported in all things. And in the last year, this has really shown up in my life, like in a huge, huge way. My my life yeah. is a much different experience because I believe that I am being taken care of. And I know that people will listen to this and, and because somebody will always say it, well, that's nice for you, but you and I are different, right? Right. And that's and just, then it's like, of course, that's your experience because yeah. that's what you believe, right? Like that, like that right there is the sign. And so for all of us, like I just think it's such an important thing to remember, even if it doesn't look like we expect it to look right now. When you shift your mind into believing that that anything you want, you're supported and going after. I mean, there's that, you know. Um, Charlotte Tomeno has this quote, and it says, "You know, God doesn't give us um, un oh God um, un un." Uh, I know. I wish I had it too. It's like um, that desires we can't fulfill, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And um, unrealizable desires, and 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 it's it's such an important thing to remember. Like if we have something in us, something to do within us, art. You know, like yeah. there's like there's that like idea that artists aren't paid for their work, and you know, and and if we but we have this thing in us. I believe that we are supported, that, that, that also we have, uh, the ability to use this, you know, to use our, our minds and our belief systems, uh, to believe that we'll be supported in doing the work that was placed within us. I do believe that, uh, with a hundred percent of my heart. So, and that's everything I'm teaching now too. I love it's, it's, I'm so glad you brought it up. It's so good. And so I think it's like just as important as, I mean, I don't know if you would agree, but I feel like it's sort of the beginning of everything. To me, it's like a faith. It's a basic trust. And it's like the foundation for which everything else can be built. 
I think that the foundation on everything that can be built, I mean, I'm never going to not, I think it's also, I think the foundation is love, right? Um, and I think that that's like the, which is also one of my things, uh, one of my points. Right, but here. how is that? Is, okay, all right. So because I, a loving, yeah. because a loving person, like that's a loving, that's believing in a in a hateful God and a God that would have you, you know right. what I mean? Like versus a loving God that would, or a loving creator, a benevolent creator. Um, right. and so I do think that the root of all of it is, is this belief in, in, and I don't, you know, like, I mean, just this, this belief that we are, we are supported. We're not being worked against. We're being, you know, everything is working for us. Mm-hmm. I have other points in this to explain my points. I, I actually have a theme going on in my four points. So <laughs> <laughs> more will be nice. revealed. All right. Number two for you. Uh, no one is going to save me. No. Oh. Fuck, right? Yeah. yeah, that's probably been the biggest work of mine for the, I would say, for the past two years. Um, or maybe even, th- that's probably the, the work of my life in sobriety. It's like the, the big lesson I had to learn. Um, the biggest lesson, because whether I, whether I realized it or not, um, and, and sometimes I did. And a lot of times I didn't, I was always counting on someone to save me, mm-hmm. um, specifically my dad for a very, very long time. He will save me. He'll bail me out. He'll be my hero. Um, because sometimes he had, <laughs> and sometimes he hadn't, you know, it was like this, it's both the little girl in you. And it's also the, you know, the, the, it's the little girl in me and also the the one that w- wants to remain a child, like the, the part of me that really wants to remain a child because I didn't think I could handle the responsibility of being an adult, right. a real adult, right. meaning I have accountability for myself, that I take full responsibility for myself. I would take responsibility in certain aspects of my life, but other things I just wouldn't because I didn't think I could, you know, money, um, the biggest one money, my financial you know, picture, which has to do with everything else. Of course, um, my own peace of mind, my own, you know, just all of it. It's, it is, I didn't, I really thought someone was going to save me. I thought, even when I was trying, I'm writing about this right now, like this morning I was writing about when I was trying to get sober, I, I still, I, I just felt like if someone, if I could just find love, like if I could find the right relationship, it would help me Mm -hmm. get through sobriety faster. Mm -hmm. I like, it would be my softer place to, to be while I went through the hard parts and it didn't work out like that, you know, (laughs) but that's not to say I wasn't supported. It just, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't saved by my Prince Charming. Well, you weren't, you were, I mean, that's actually, I think showing you were supported. You were supported in, in finding, exactly and finding what you needed to find. (laughs) Right. Right. The, the saving comes about by not being saved. (laughs) It's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so that was my second one. Um, and the other piece to that I also wrote down is that, um, you know, not making anyone my God, which is like the 
sort of the same side of, of the coin or flip the different side of the same coin. It's like, stop believing that someone can save you. You know, like at first, no one is going to. And second of all, this, the extent to that I think that's, that someone, anyone can, you know, I, um, I give away my power. Yeah. Yeah. So that was huge for me. Like I, I would say, uh, that's maybe the biggest shift in my entire existence in the past in sobriety. And I think it's so funny because, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to say this, but you could have stayed with Ryan and had him save you. I mean, do yes, you know? totally. I know that I knew that then, even, even as it was like the, um, there were reasons I could explain that I didn't for why I, I couldn't stay in that marriage. And that was not one of them. I would have never said it like that, but it's, but I, I think I also kind of knew that, you know what I mean? I do. Like it, it, it wasn't the, it, it was, it would have been the more comfortable thing to do, but in every fucking way, <laughs> like, <laughs> financially, practically uh, everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. It would have been, I mean, the easier thing to do, I think mechanically, probably not the easier thing to do, like you know, soul speaking. Spiritually, no. <laughs> no, it was impossible for me to do soul speaking. That's why yeah. I had to go. Yeah. It's really what it was all about. I know. The soul always calls you to the harder thing. Yep. What was your two? Um, it's just like we're here to learn. I mean, this is so obvious. I feel like at this point it's just such an obvious comment, but that, that life is our school. To, mm-hmm. It's that we're here. Basically everything is set up to help teach us the thing that we need to learn in this lifetime. And yeah. I had this, you know, for me, I had this, the day that I quit my job um, in 2000, and it was January 28th, 2014, the day that I quit my job, I, you know, I had been in a relationship with uh, with somebody that had a lot of influence over me and uh, and somebody that also I, who I wanted to become a secretary. I mean, that was it. Like my <laughs> intro to this person was, Holly you're so powerful, Whitaker, secretary. <laughs> but my first intro to this person, to this man was, um, was that he was so smart and he was so powerful and he needed a good woman to like keep him together. <sighs> And um, I used to, you know, I wanted to like, I wanted to run his one. life. I wanted to be behind the and behind the stage, and I was behind the stage with him, I, like literally and figuratively. Like I was, yeah, yeah. Um, and I felt this. We had this dynamic where I felt that I absolutely needed him. He pulled me, he bailed me out of a lot of things, and he also was just. Mm-hmm. We had this relationship where I saw him as. Um, where I could not lead without his help. And and I had this – I also had this this drive to – I always had said I wanted my own company. I have been attracted to it for a very long time. Yep. And yet I, I couldn't imagine doing what this man had done, which he had his own company. Um, and so the day that I quit my job, right, I – cut myself off from from him I cut myself off from from my company and I went like I I didn't mean to quit but I just had this moment of 
of fuck this shit, I can't do it anymore. And I ended up like, it was the middle of winters. I was in New York and I went to, um, Washington, no, Madison Square Park. And, um, I walked around in the snow and I listened to Alicia Keys. And I just had this moment where I had, I had for so long sought people of power and stood behind people of power. Um, because I was too afraid of my own power. And I, I had this moment where I allowed myself to believe, and it's such a foreign thing for me at this point to remember feeling that way because I have no problem leading now and leading. And when I mean leading, not leading behind somebody, right? I'd always led with a safety net and behind somebody. And I, I just, the thought of that, of speaking, of standing on my own two legs, right? was such a, it was such a, a, a shift for me and it was, it was foreign. And I remember in that moment walking around and listening to brand new me, like twice, three times in the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember having this moment of clarity of I can do this. Like I can actually stand on my own two legs and not, not need somebody else to tell me I'm okay or to, to hold the space for me. Like I can hold the space. So, um, the way I, the reason I'm saying that is because I remember at the point that time remembering that this was one of my biggest like Dharmic lessons to learn. I, I like knew in my soul that in I had spent lifetimes of of not feeling strong enough to stand on my own two feet. I knew that this was not the first time that I had been confronted with this lesson, and I knew that I had also failed at it many times before, many lifetimes before. I knew that there was just this this reason that I was being pushed into this position and that this is what I'm here yeah. to learn. This is part of what I'm here to learn. And so I – whenever I – I mean, I believe in past lives, right? I, I absolutely believe in past lives. I believe in karma, the stuff we bring within us, with us into this current life. Um, but I also believe that we're given the exact opportunities and circumstances and situations in this life to help, like that we chose for ourselves to help our soul evolve. And so for me, this has been one of those things in the last, like, this is, it's like, it's, it's like I said, these are things that, these are lessons that are really big and playing out in my life right now. Like for me right now, I feel like this is, um, whenever I'm afraid that I can't do something, whenever I feel like the cards are stacked against me, whenever I feel like it shouldn't, like it shouldn't quote unquote be a certain way, um, (laughs) or I want it to be different or I would have it differently. Like this is right now the thing I'm coming back to, which is that life, my life here, my life here. It's not about like all of these situations, right? Like all of these, these, the relationships I have, the place I live, the work I do, the people I come into contact with, like all of this stuff is not, is not random and it's not this, this thing, this, this shit that shouldn't be or should be differently or whatever. Everything that I encounter is here as this perfect lesson for my soul to evolve. Like, like this is, it's not like, this is all just almost like, like Marianne Williamson says, it's like, they're all actors on a fucking movie set. Like this is my movie set and everyone is an actor (laughs) in the production of helping me to further my evolution. Um, So I learned the lessons that I came here to learn. And for me, this makes it so much easier. It makes it easier when I'm sitting there 
on a Tuesday night thinking that I've just fucked up, you know, everything and I'm not going to be able to like do my program and right. Like it makes it easier for me to understand, like I'll be able to handle this. I need, what do I need to learn right now in this moment? What is the actual thing that I need to be, that I need to learn having to have this difficult fucking conversation with this person that I don't want to have this conversation with? What is it, you know, what is it that I need to learn from this, from being rejected by a man for the 199th time, you know, in a year? Like what is it that I actually need to learn right now? Just makes it so much so that's the thing I know for sure is that life is a school. Like we're here to learn. That's it. I love it. It's good. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So what are you eating? Mm. <laughs> Maple nut foam. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yummy. Okay. So my my third one is there's nothing wrong with me. And this one covers so much, but and it's and it's basic. But like for me, again, a, a lot of what I have been writing about this week is this is the way that I thought, and I think most people do, um, starting from a very, very, very young age, that there was just something really wrong with me, you know, I, that I was not okay it was not basically okay. Like I had a lot of shame, uh, from as far back as I can remember about the way I felt. Um, sometimes it was about the way I looked. It was about, you know, some way that I was, I was selfish or I was deeply flawed or the messages that I got were not just like, this is what's, you know, this is stuff that you could improve or things that you're not so great at or whatever. It was like, and it wasn't that it wasn't necessarily that I was told that. I mean, I was in, in by certain people, but it was just I internalized it so much. And then you add, you know, the the addiction stuff on top of it and actually doing things that are really shitty. I mean, I treated a lot of people shitty. I did horrible, horrible things to myself above all. And um, I think I finally have come to a place where I not, I I don't just say, but I actually believe that there's nothing wrong with me. And what that also means is there's nothing wrong with anyone else either. (laughs) And that's maybe the (laughs) hardest, that's maybe, that's the harder part. You know, that's, that's the part I keep catching on is, uh, and there's, I think that never stops showing up, you know, as a lesson. I, I think, you know, in the range of compassion um, and non-judgment that I've had throughout my life, I would say I've been on the more compassionate side because both because I wanted people to have compassion for me, but also, you know, I started, I think it's a, it's a natural byproduct of going through pain or it can be that you just become more compassionate because you have the experience of pain, you know, which is very human. And you realize that a lot of people act from that place, but man, I can find new ways to judge and to think that there's something wrong with other people. And this, you know, especially, I I think it's been the writing that I've just seen, you know, writing about my dad who for so long was this like villain to me. He was like a hero and a villain equally. Um, or writing about my mom or writing about anybody, you know, and it's like, I, I needed, I needed for so long to, to have other people be 
less than one up or one down, you know, you're either my God or you're down there. Um, and essentially saying there's either something terribly wrong with me or there's something terribly wrong with you. (laughs) And, (laughs) And it's neither, you know, it's like the good and the bad news is that we're all everything. So, and then that, and that's perfect. You know, it goes into your lesson. Like it's all here to teach you. Yes. So that's my third one. There's nothing wrong with me. Yay. Mm, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you'll get a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people resist that one too. Um, a lot, I, I thought it was interesting. This goes into my next point, which is that love is the answer in all of this. Um, that's why we're here. Um, love is why we're here, uh, to learn love. Um Again, this is like themes, right? Like this is building on the abundance mindset, right, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. And then this builds on, on you know, life being a school. And then the purpose of that school is, you know, to learn these other attributes like strength and courage and, and things like there's nothing wrong with you. But the base of that all is just learning love, right? Love is, is mm-hmm. the answer to all this. And I thought it was really interesting because I posted about when we released Jordan's episode, I posted – um, there was some really interesting comments on there and really, you know, yeah. like great comments and interesting comments. You know, there was, there's comments about loving Donald Trump and I just find it so fascinating. You know, for me, this is when I, I run this school, right? There's been a thousand people that have been through my school at this point. And one of my biggest checks in my life when I'm out in the world and being intolerant and judgmental and (laughs) fucking cunty and hateful (laughs) is when I am directing that towards another human, my check is if this person – because I will – like I – you know, like I said, my baseline, agitated. Like that, right? Like that's – it's a thing. And when I'm out in the world, like somebody once posted – Glennon posted – if you're not kind on the internet, you're not kind. And someone wrote, if you're not like, but what about if you're not kind in real life, but kind on the internet, then you're not kind either. And I was like, touche, my friend. Touche. Touche. <laughs> and so I, and I think about that a lot. And Should we call the episode touche? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, and I think about that and then I think about when I'm out in the world because it like when I was at the silent meditation retreat, when we're silent and not talking to people, it's funny. When you have to assume things about people when, when you're not in, interacting with them, mm-hmm. you really can make up some fucking stories about people. Oh, and yeah. I, and I – and out in the real world, I'm usually like, don't be in my space. Don't. You know, like, bah. And um, – <laughs> I just I'm I'm I like I am like I'm an agitated person. I'm a perfectionist and I also am like one of those people that like if you're not polite to me, if you don't say thank you when I hold the door open, I hate you. And like yeah. you know, but you like, also like don't want the guy at peace to fucking talk to you. Yes. <laughs> I'm really like just a ball of love. No, but I I really but this is this is my work, right? This is what I'm given. I'm given this baseline and this is what I have to work with. And so when I'm out in the world right. and I find this like this like me against them attitude coming up. Um, I imagine these people are in my school. Like I imagine the these are I have this fiduciary duty to people that are in my school. Like they I just do. Like I love like yeah. you signed up for my thing, like we're in it together now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like my pledge to you is that you can't fuck this up. And then I'm going to hear you out and whatever, whatever it is. You can't like, fuck this up, meaning I think pe- people might take that wrong. You can't fuck this up, 
What do you mean? I mean, like you, like there's not, like I um, will approach all things that we have to deal with together with love. I will have boundaries, but I will always give you the benefit of the doubt. They can't do it wrong. They can't do, no, I mean, like they can't, like there's no in or out, you know, like there's no, it's a hard thing to explain because recovery, where recovery from addiction is so insidious and and people, you know, are not always like, they're not always using their best judgment. And so there's like, I guess like historically in recovery programs, people are kicked out for bad behavior, you know, and I'm quote unquote. And I have this very, you know, like I want to always talk with people. I don't want to just say, oh, because you did that, then you can't be in this program, you know, or whatever. And so there's... There is, it's, it's a, I guess what I, what I'm trying to say is that when people are in my program, I want to engage and I give them the benefit of the doubt. And I I just want, I always and continuously extend people love no matter what, meaning no matter what they have done in their lives. And when it comes to recovery, people have done some fucked up shit. Like, you know, you've done, you have done some fucked up shit. I have done some Mm -hmm. extremely fucked up shit. And Mm -hmm. so... Bringing this, like when I'm out in the world, I'm, I'm bringing this, this is a long roundabout, but like when I'm out in the world, my first baseline with people is to remember that, um, that these are my people. Like what if this person, what if I'm standing next to this woman and I don't like that she didn't hold the door open for me and I'm sending her hate vibes and then I find <laughs> out, you know, like a, a couple minutes later, she happens to be in my program. What does that do? What does that change for us as human beings? Like I, yeah. like all of a sudden I would be like, oh my God, it's you, right? Yeah. When I'm, yeah. when I'm, when I, like it changes when we know humans, when we understand humans, they're no longer, when we, when we have that connection point, there, you know, we like the base of it is love, right? Like the yeah. the there's a disconnection that happens. It makes us think we're working against other people, but at the baseline of it, it's love. And so, when I, you know, when when we talked about loving Donald Trump, and then I got some feedback that said, you know, there was like an, a roll, like eye rolling emoji, emoji, or, or emoji, and then there was a like I can't, like I can't get on board with that emoji or, or uh, you know, um, statement and and other things. I just my my thought was, but we ask for we ask for society to understand, you know, why we left our daughter in a hotel room overnight, you know, right. by herself, right? And so when we talk about when we talk about love and hate, right? Like for like. Like all humans, no matter what they've done, deserve our love. And I don't care if you're a serial murderer, if you're a rapist or whatever you've done. Like you still deserve my love because you are a brother or you are a sister. And that is a very different thing than condoning the actions, right? And then then loving the actions. And it's also a very different thing than liking the person. I do not like Donald Trump. I do not like a lot of people. Believe me, I don't like a lot of people. But at the but the uh, the arc of this is that we're here to love, like that is what we are here to learn, and navigating that, like that's our our task. That is our our absolute yeah. task. And so when people said, "I can't," you know, like when there were the comments about that, I was like, "But what do we ask for from other people? We ask people to love us no matter what, no matter what we've done." Right. And, and our people, like people in recovery, people that have dealt with chemical addiction. 
you know, like, like we know some shit. We've seen some shit. Yeah. We love those people, right? Mm-hmm. And like when we dissolve into hate and thinking that it's okay to hate this guy, you know, because he's a fascist. Just this one because he's just Because he's a fascist bad, right? and whatever. Like, right, like then that starts to say, well, oh, we get to, we get to, you know, we get to start drawing lines in who we love and who we hate. We get to actually start and saying well, that. who's lovable, and, who right. is worthy of it. Right. Yeah. So I think there's a big, like, I think, like, there is, you know, uh, the main thing I wanted to, I wanted to say and I, I continue to want to say is, like, love is the basis of all of this. And if we get swept up into hate and also, like, distinguishing who we're allowed to hate, that's no better than what we're actually trying to work against. It's actually the we're, – we're actually just the same. Uh, on the same level. We are on the same – when we show intolerance towards a human being, um, you know, and, and, our, and we're blocked in that area um, – then, then we're lost. Then we get just. Then we're lost, right? And so, I think it's a really important thing to understand. Like, what are we here to learn? Like, in all of this, like the main thing we're here to learn is to be able to love people, to hate their actions, right? But to still have that, like that that seed of love for for somebody as as a as a sentient. Oh my God! Why can't sentient sentient being sentient as a sentient. <laughs> Being as a sentient being, um, right, and that that's our work. And so, when and I think another important piece of this is that when you, um, what was your last one? Help me, your last. One. Oh, nothing. There's nothing wrong with me. When you said, mm-hmm. when you said, <laughs> um, I have a hard time also with other people in that. Like, I got a letter um, from a woman. A month ago, and it was it was a. I think we talked about it on the show, but I'm not sure. But I'm going to talk about it again. It was a letter, and it was called "Thank You, Donald Trump." And um, and it was just she was talking about. Oh yeah, thank you for holding up the mirror to me. Right, Mm -hmm. thank you for showing me. You know, I think I think you're a white. I couldn't believe what you know happened with Charlottesville and blah blah blah. And thank you for getting me to reflect on the times that I (laughs) condoned. Um, you know, and, and all of this stuff. And and I think like one of the things we forget in this is that other people that we find, you know, such extreme intolerance towards <laughs> other people are just a reflection of what we see in the world. Like there's <laughs> just right. a mirror. What we what we're <laughs> able to identify that we hate about someone else is actually what we're able to identify that we hate about ourselves. Um, there's yep. always, and you might not be a fascist, but you definitely have levels of that same quality within you, right? Like all of us do. I mean, like we're fucking human. We're all of it. And so like getting into this place of like love is what we're here to learn when other people drive us crazy and do shit we would never do. Um, when we find something wrong with other people, this is a place that we are with it. Like the the beauty of it is, it's just a place within us where we've blocked love. Like that's just a place within us where we've blocked something and we're, we're not being honest with ourselves about our own shit, our own degree of shit and relativity to that person. Um, yeah. You know, no matter who they are or how hateable they are. Um, right. So I don't know. I just – I thought – I think like that's – you know, the, like for me, it, this – like the last couple of weeks have, have been really also about um, – what I know for sure is that is that love is the answer in all of this. Um, it's our jo- it's our only job here. Love, that's it. And, and in all the ways, not just in certain ways, in all in the easy ways, not in the, the easy yeah. ways, in the hardest ways, in the hardest ways. Um, yeah. Okay, that's my third. What's your fourth? Um, it's kind of what your first one was. 
uh, but I'll just say it and I'll say it quickly. Cause it's you, you kind of, I wrote, I am supported. Um, I think that I'm supported. We are supported is, is the thing it's like, and it's not so that everything turns out for it. It's not so that everything works out for us in our favor or is like to our preferences, of course. Um, but that by and large I'm supported. I I mean, so much of what you said in the beginning, like I, I don't talk to myself in certain ways that I, and, and it's what I focused on in the entire first week of my program is just this concept of basic trust and, in a benevolent, abundant universe and, and God and how pervasive that is in our, in our lives. Once we start to really look at it, like I would, I wouldn't have said, you know, I, there were certain areas where I think I've always been naturally, you know, whether it's optimistic or things, you know, think things will work out right. Whether naively so, or, or, or not. And, but there were certain other areas where I just didn't, you know, um, money relationships. I I just truly believe that there is a a finite amount of happiness, love, good luck, breaks, resources, um, good stuff to go around Mm -hmm. and that you had to get it, you know, and if, and, and, and more importantly that, if someone else got it, it meant that I didn't. Right. If someone else got the relationship, it meant that I, there was less for me. If someone else got, I mean, it's the biggest way it showed up is like, is, is books, you know, like publishing, like writing. And I, I mean, I would see all kinds, I would say the past five years, it's been like, oh my God, that, like that, no, there's not enough. Like if another, you know, book comes out like that, I'm going to die, you know? Like there's just not enough. And, um, and I truly like, I have moments like that for sure, but I just, I don't, A, it's too painful to live that way. <laughs> it's just far too painful. It hurts. It hurts. It kills. Because it then kills. you're walking around and your life, your happiness is dependent upon, you know, other people failing. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> one people. Exactly. And like, how disgusting is that? I mean, if, if that, you know, <laughs> no, I do. I know it's awful. It's it, we are just you're constantly reacting and comparing. Yeah. Um, and so shifting that, I mean, that's kind of been uh, another thing that's been everything. I don't talk that way about. I don't say this. That I don't talk the way I used to talk, and it was very much like a fake it till you make it thing. <laughs> well, it wasn't I think like we a, have to repattern it, right? Like you, the the first, the easiest thing is to change the speech. The second thing is to, you know, to catch our speech, then to catch our thoughts. And then eventually, like, it really truly can, like, then our vibration aligns with it, right? Because you could even say, I root for you. And you can even think, I root for them. But you could still hate the fact that they've got something that you don't have. And and it comes through. I root for you until this happens. Right. And I don't root for you anymore. Or I root for you 75%. But you can't have that last 25%. But if you do the thing that, like, you know, I want, then, uh, um, 
I think it's such a, like it's such an interesting thing. I made myself yesterday. I was getting my hair done, and I made myself. Um, there's the People magazine um, and and Us magazines, um, mm-hmm. and there's the people. What, what am I saying? I was reading a People. <laughs> there's know, the People you know, magazine. You know the People magazine <laughs> and the Us magazine. They're these like periodicals that have pictures of pretty people <laughs> and stars who are just like us. Um, no, I was watching. I was reading People and Us, and I found myself skipping through the wedding section um, and also the love love lives, as I have done many times before. And I, I'll, I like there was a story about Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx, and I was like, Bleh! and then like there was like the you know like there was like a couple of what like there was you know the the like most I guess like most of those things I didn't even realize it, but you know most of it is about like relationships and like who's dating who and who's getting married and. and I stopped myself and I went back and I was like, because I there's such a resistance in me to like even I'm just like ugh, you know, like I don't want to see these happy fucking loving people and there's such a resistance to it. And I went back and I actually read and I like also tried to find the place within me that's really happy for these people that they found love. I mean, I know it's people in us. <laughs> you said love too. <laughs> oh, Do you God. remember any specific? Yeah, ones? well, Prince Harry and his new girlfriend. Oh. Um, I know. Um, I sent love to uh, the Bachelorette and her new husband. (laughs) I sent, I sent love. (laughs) I sent love to uh, Selena Gomez in the weekend. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I think this is so good, but I did. I mean, it's true. I made myself pause instead of going. I can see you go. I love you. The weekend, the weekend, you deserve it. The weekend, you deserve it. Even though I don't know why you can't go by your real name. Um, (laughs) What is his real name? I don't even know. I don't know. Do you know? But I just wish he did go by his real name. Um, But I mean, I guess I call Prince Prince. Uh, Come on. Let's just hold on this. You're going to go by something. That's like it's it's almost it's almost so ridiculous that it's perfect. It's like the weekend. It's like naming dogs. Like just regular human names. <laughs> I do have to point out that now we're being judgmental of the weekend, um, which is basically the antithesis of everything we've just talked about. We're being um, funny. The weekend, you go with your name. I support you in that. I'm pretty sure he does not. <laughs> he's care. listening to this right now, and he's really upset. All right. Anyway, but yeah. So I sent. I mean, I did. I went back to all the pages where all the people were doing all the things. Like, um, you know, Taylor Swift was in a wedding, and I sent her bride. You know, her friend. I mean, I just did. I, I really actually, instead of being, because it's a thing, I feel such an, I feel really, really, um, uh, I don't want to look at it. I, I have such a. You want a, it. Because I want it and it hurts too bad. And so I, I have to like uh, devalue it in other people's lives. And so right. I um, spent time looking at it and really paying attention to it and allowing my heart, you know, doing that practice from the surrender, not the surrender experiment, but um, what's that other one by, that he does? Mickey Singer. Oh. Come on. Um, the, the untethered soul. Yeah, that practice from the untethered soul where you – when you when you feel your heart closed, you actually work with it. Open and it. You open uh, it, right? And so it's like these are you know simple things. You can actually get spiritual reading us if you want to. Um, okay. <laughs> are we done with your last one? Yeah. Okay. My last one is um, setting boundaries is the elixir of life. Um, I have had – I've had in the last couple of weeks, as I did that, I waved my hands in the air. Woo. 
Um, <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, I've had a lot of boundary busting moments. Um, and, and it's just mm-hmm. from. Oh my you know, God. This is like, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're saying so many gems. I can't stop. It's like, it's like a little, we should have a little thing that comes in on every show. Boundary busting moment. You know, like they do like in, in us, like they're just stars. They're just like us. We're like, you mean like a special, you mean it's like Pee Wee Herman, like when they had the word of the day and somebody would say it and then alarms would go off. Okay. Let's do that. Boundary busting moment. Boundary busting moments. Um, okay. All right. Anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right back to my seriousness um no I just in the last couple of weeks I've had a lot of things and and my and like I think this is really important to understand it's not about other people like it's about me right and so my boundaries are not necessarily like nobody's gonna know exactly what my boundaries are right or like cross like like it's it's a hard thing to kind of it's it's laying your own track right and for me, yeah. my boundaries are really clear with my text messaging. I have currently like 115 unread text messages. Um, and that's because I find it to be entirely – like this is how I am just as a human being. I find it entirely invasive that at any time of the day, somebody can just send me a message and I'm expected to respond to that message. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you do that. <laughs> of course I do that. But I also think – like to understand what I'm saying, under, like you and I are different first of all. Like we – like I – you're not – you're part – you're not part of this formula because I feel like if I don't want to talk right. to you, I like I don't talk to you. Um, and um, anyway, um, and you, and the same with you, right? Like we both get yeah. how each other are and we can also like ex- like Special yesterday path. we can say like I said, I feel like you're not talking to me enough right now. Can we please talk? And um, I was like, hey, <laughs> hi, I'm under my covers. <laughs> okay. But back to this, I think like, let me be clear about this. So I also like, I think when it comes to the world that we live in right now, there's so many ways for people to get a hold of, of, of other people. And one of my one of my boundaries is the this energy leak that we get from always being on, be it, mm. whether it's direct messaging, social media, text messages, um, emails, phone calls, which don't happen that much. Um, there's just so many ways to get a hold of a human. And there's also an expectation that a human is, you know, that we can ask anybody anything at any time. People are, you know, like there's just this belief that it's, that it's no big deal to like, you know, ping ourselves into someone else's life. And of course I'm guilty of doing it, but I also expect that people can uphold their own boundaries. Right. And so for me, it's just in the last couple of weeks, it's just like felt like there's been, you know, like just this, um, you know, a lot of text messages of just of, of things that kind of come at odd times, just, you know, that I don't, that are, that are slightly unwelcome, right? Like I'm just a very private person. So there's there's that there's also just been um, I'm a woman and I'm I'm out you know talking to VC firms um, I'm fundraising I'm building a company I'm you know I'm I'm hiring for that company I'm building my team I'm negotiating contracts I'm negotiating salaries and equity and all sorts of things and um, and I also like there is when I it's a man's world and there's also a lot that comes with that, meaning there's a lot of um, men like to kind of come into this and, and mansplain things or, you know, mm-hmm. like think like there's it actually it's in another way. It just feels like there's, you know, men typically think they need to protect me. 
That's like mm-hmm. the main thing that comes over is like there is this I'm going to protect you from all this other stuff, um, which is which is extremely you know pressing in my boundaries, right? Because that just that's that assumes that I I can't take care of myself or that I can't learn this lesson myself, um, and and um, which means also men overstep and do, try and do things for me that um, you know I don't need done for me. You know when your boundaries have been crossed because it feels un- deeply uncomfortable. You know when yes. you know it it because. You are saying no, and someone is saying no, 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 yes. Um, right. You know your boundaries have been crossed when it feels like someone else's energy are in your space. You know your boundaries have been crossed when you're sitting there and you're feeling like resentful of – uh, Angry. Angry, that you're being asked to do something or you're being mm-hmm. – um, or um, or that you are going to let this person down, right? There's that really interesting, you know, concept of like guilt over resentment, right? Like mm-hmm. I would rather feel guilty by, by saying no to something I don't want to do. I'm resentful for saying yes to something I feel like I should be doing. Um, so in the last, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, it's just been, it's, it is, it's been almost comical how much I've had to, I've had to say no and also had to really listen to my intuition and also really had to erect like, you know, like really kind of fall down on that. Like this, this understanding that when I say no to people and when I lay my boundaries, when I say, when I, when I, you know, when I, when I, I'm, when I am, when I adhere to my boundaries, um, and what feels good for me, right. Um, then I'm also helping other people out, right? Like when we lay good yes. boundaries for ourselves, we're also helping other people lay good boundaries for themselves, right? Like we learn, yeah. like what, like we're actually giving people permission to be able to observe um, what feels good for them and what doesn't feel good for them. And so, yes. um, and it's a really like as a woman, it's one of the hardest things that I've had to do, right? Like there is totally. especially a woman oh in it, like in doing what I do. What you do, which is we we work with people in a compassionate in a compassionate industry, like like our jobs are are like based in compassion, and we also serve people, and we serve people that really need us, and 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 really Being not just us, but need help, right. right? Right, and so there is this, you know, like there is this like uh, this thought that you know, like every letter needs to be responded to, every request needs to be answered, everybody, you know, there's this very, um, there's this this leakage that can occur, like from thinking that we have to save everybody or help everybody or say yes to everybody who's in need, and um, and I, you know, it's it's just been a really long curve uh and um it's a, a not a, a long learning curve um a sharp learning curve let me say that but also a long one and um steep steep thank you and also it's been it's just been an exercise in and not feeling oh like i'm hurting somebody by not saying yes against yeah. my own like it's no. gonna be okay right i want to repeat that though it's it, the hardest part is feeling i'm hurting somebody when I'm um, by saying by I'm hurting somebody by not by not giving them the yes they want because I'm acknowledging my no, and I want to yeah. say that three times. Okay, there is a hurt that comes from from saying no to somebody when they need you to say yes, but that no yeah. is your no. And this right. is one of the things like – and people will – the funny thing is people will stand around and applaud you for your boundaries. They will say good for you. But then when it comes to them and what they Don't need from you, then it's, then it's an exception. There's an exception there, right? And that is a very real and a very true thing. It's something I do to other people as well. well I applaud you having boundaries, but let's get real. It's me. Let's, you know, come on, help me out. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get it what you're doing with everybody else, but hold on. Um, So, but this is, this is part of it. And it's not cruel, though it can feel cruel. Um, But when you have that, like, when you have that very severe, like, mm, 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 nope, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But also, I feel like I should do this, or I feel like this person needs me to do this, or how are they going to feel? Like, the answer is always love that, love the person, have, you know, be compassionate, but your no is the most ultimate, compa- like compassionate thing you can do when you, when you actually listen to what your, what your body is saying and what your heart is saying and what your mind is saying, like when you're taking care of yourself and making sure that you can operate and you can function and you're not just this bleeding, you know, this bleeding, like uh, healer or whatever it is, or giver, you know, then it's a, it's a really, you know, it's, it's a learning, it's a really hard thing to do. It, so anyway, I just want to say that like setting boundaries is, I mean, it's one of the most profound things that we can do for ourselves and upholding them, you know, and also realizing the more we do it, like it is it, the more we get, we get pressed on it, but also at a certain point, the the beauty in this is people just start to when you when you consistently you know uphold your boundaries you know and and I want to just go really quick into a story. So when I about two years ago, I was meeting with an advisor and he told me where to meet him at. I met him at this place and I was there on time. He whisks in five minutes late and he looks at his watch and he's like, "Gotta go. Got my next meeting." And I was like, oh, absolutely. And I didn't think for one second, you know, that he was – I didn't think one thing about him. Didn't think like, fuck that guy, you know, or like what – you know, like right. he didn't give me what I – you know, I honestly respected it. And that's because this, that was his pattern and, and, and the boundaries that he had set, you know. he. And so I was talking to I, – I had been doing one-on-one clients and I continuously was running over by a half hour and, you know, or 20 minutes and also answering text messages at four in the morning and all sorts of things mm-hmm. and and feeling like I was, you know, I, I had no peace, no boundaries. And I was talking to my coach about it at the time, and she said, tell me some a story of somebody that, that really does well with their boundaries. And I mentioned this man, and I said, he's always, he's you know, he's always like just a few minutes late, and he always leaves on time. And she goes, do you feel resentful towards him for that? And I was like, no, I respect him. I get it. He's got, you know, that's him. That's how, you know, like he, he <laughs> can't give more than what he gives. And he's clear <laughs> about it. And she was like, and so you don't think poorly of him for that. And I was like, no. And I didn't really see the connection. She's like, uh, that's, you can have that. Like that is actually mm-hmm. yours. You can walk in and leave and not sit around feeling like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't give you more. And, and so we called, she said, I mean, it was just like this aha moment because I saw it in some other people, but I couldn't allow myself to have it. I didn't think that was mine. I didn't allow myself right. to have that. I watched right. him not respond to emails. I watched, you know what I mean? Like I've seen, I've seen it in action, but I couldn't see it for myself. And we constructed something called the big boundary unicorn. And every time, <laughs> and every time my boundaries were like, you know, violated or pressed, I would call upon big boundary unicorn and my big boundary unicorn would come and stand next to me and say, nope. And so, um, I do think it's like That's one awesome. of these things, like, 
I, you can see it in other people, right? Like everyone, all of us can, yeah. you know, I, I think of Stephanie Snyder. She's got boundaries for days. Like she is straight up. Like if you are hanging out with her, if you're in her presence, you know that you're not going up to her. You know, she's your yoga teacher and you know, you're not going up to her and asking her like, you know, for tips on, you know, oral hygiene or, you know, like, or, you know, if, if she wouldn't mind putting you in touch Travel with plans her. when yeah. you're coming to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's my favorite. I know. I know. I mean, you know, like, no, and it's true. I mean, I'm just, let's be honest with it. I get a lot of requests from people. Like, like I sent out something, like a good example is I sent out my list of stuff to do in Italy, but then people will email me and say, I need, somebody will email me and say, I need a really good hotel recommendation for Italy. And I was like, what do you think I do for a living? Like, what do you, like, this is not what I do for a living. And it's not funny. It's serious, right? Like, it's just, I get it. I get why they're asking. I get why they're asking it. But there are, like, when I was in LA, like, what do I do in LA? And and again, it's just this like, um, you know, it's, and it's, it's just, it's a very like, that's when, when I start getting stuff like that, it's just a very like, I can't do that. Like, like, that's not what I'm here for. That's not my job. Um, you know, and, and, and also not even stuff I would do for my closest friends. Let's be real. Um, so anyway, the point is in this is that like it's it's a learned behavior of of like that when I think about what that man that man I was talking about he projected those boundaries because he upheld those boundaries and that is something when it's a practice when you learn when you actually live it and uphold it again and again and again especially when it's really hard to say no um people start to sense it it's just your ener- your energy changes that like it's your va- your your aura changes and and you you know you're not pinged as much and and we all have the right to live that way. We all have the right to live, you know, like as Danielle Laporte would say, with a big fucking fence, you know, and a, and a, and a huge gentle heart, a, you know, open heart, mm-hmm. big fucking fence. Um, mm-hmm. And and so that's, you know, for me, it's just like the last couple of weeks has been bound, like, what are my boundaries? What feels good in this? What do I want from, like, what do I, how am I taking care of myself? Um, and, and, you know, how, how can I say, you know, like, how, how can I continue to honor what feels good to me um, and not worry about what feels, you know, what, how, what someone else's, you know, feelings are going to be um, from this. So anyway. Yeah. Uh. No, it's, it's so good. And it's so like, I, I was thinking as you were talking back to like early sobriety and I had no boundaries, I had not, I had no boundaries and yeah, I felt guilty all the time, you know, and, and one of the best um, things I started doing was saying no to things I I could, I couldn't do or didn't want to do. And it's like, it gave me the superpower. Like it was like a superpower after a while. Like, Oh my God, I get, ask me to something so I can say no, please ask me, (laughs) ask me to do something so I can say no. Because I mean, what it came down to is I was dying. I was going to die. You know, I was going to like, literally like I was dying. My, I, I couldn't function anymore. And so you know, you start from there and then, but then it, you know, you have to build out and out and out. And then, yeah, what you're talking about with that guy, I mean, you, it's true. You, like you teach people how to treat you. Like he had been teaching people how to treat him for however long. Yeah, it's so true. You never questioned it. And I love yeah. that you brought it back to the to early sobriety because that is one of the biggest things that comes up. Like how do I, yeah. how do I tell people I don't drink, you know, and, and how do I, how do I, you know, like. Say no to a, say no to going to something or to not, uh, not grabbing the drink when they 
give it to me. Or how like, do I they right. Feel rude. right? Or how do I say no to cooking dinner when I can't cook dinner? Like how do I like constructing boundaries is this very like it's it's so invasive because it's in it's in every part of our lives. It's it's actually like remembering that the only person that we have been I mean like the primary person we've been entrusted to take good care of and to protect is ourselves. Um, and, and that oftentimes it's the last person that we remember to take care of. Um, and that's where boundaries start. It's remembering that your first, your first duty is to take care of, of, of yourself so that you can give what, you know, you've been tasked to give. Right. And it's the opposite of what women are told they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. They're told the opposite, exactly the opposite of it. Yeah. And, and if you have kids, I mean, you know, you, it's like even I think worse and, you just, you know, it's the, the the deep fear is that you're selfish, you know, at least that was mine. Like I had always or been people told aren't going to like you, right? Like it's People selfish. aren't going to like you. You're going to, yeah, you're going to be voted out of the, tra- you know, people aren't going to, yeah, you're going to be disliked. Ugh. Or you're going to hurt people's feelings, right? Not like there, but that is like, you know, like people are going to be okay if we don't do yeah. the thing that they're asking us, if we say no to the thing. Um <laughs> So yeah, I'm laughing because it was a, it it was like a true realization for me. It's like, you're not that important. Like you're just really not, you know, like you're not holding it all up. You aren't when you like, meaning like you, right. Like you doing the thing, you're not right, right, right. Not the other person, but you're like, you say no no, to somebody isn't right. And you, (laughs) and by that you say no to somebody isn't going to like ruin their world or devastate their lives. Right. Yeah, right. I get it. I get it. And some people, you're right. Some people won't hear you. Some people won't understand it. And they'll say you're a selfish, you know, whore that you, that you don't give and that you're whatever, you know, and that's fine. That's not your problem either. You know, um, we are really long in this. This is a long episode. I didn't even mean for no. that to be. So let's get, let's get the fuck off this mic. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> wait, but I need you to help me with something after this. Remember you promised you'd help me with that thing. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Thanks before.